Hey everyone, welcome back to Vampire Weekday. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host Kevin as we dive into Diplomat's Son off of Vampire Weekend's second album, Contra. Um, fun, poppy, electronic, vibey, I don't know how else to describe it. Music critic Simon Reynolds called it everywhere, every win, pop. Um, yeah, it's definitely very into the pop aesthetic of the band. Yeah, this is probably the most electronic song of theirs that I can think of. You know, um, CT has some great drumming in there, and that's like clearly drums. But other than that, this is it really feels just about all electronic. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense that it dives really into the electronic aesthetic as, um, I mean, the primary sample they use is from um, from MIA's Hustle uh, and it, it kind of mimics MIA's sound in some sense um, but they use uh, this line within Hustle we drum on it like Jun cha cha ju 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 cha Jun cha cha ju 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 cha <laughs> can you say that one more time please <laughs> I don't think so yeah no and so they they have this repeat over and over again, setting up almost a drum beat, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so it kind of gives it this this electronic feel that's not really really seen in much other Vampire Weekend songs. No. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a cool feel. It's also a really long song. Like I didn't realize that True. when I started listening, but this is almost six minutes in length. Mm -hmm. um, and we have a number of different portions to this song. We'll get into this, but at first it almost reminded me of Paradise by the Dashboard Lights uh, by Meatloaf, of course, which has really three acts to it. And musically, they're all very different from each other. And we do have a little bit of that here. Um, and it also fits a, a similar theme as we'll, as we'll soon find out. For sure, yeah. I mean, you... You, you have this like distinct style going until the bridge where it just kind of drops and just- It's really abrupt, different. yeah. Um, and then it kind of goes back to the first vibe, but then the outro is just pretty different as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I, I read it as three distinct parts as well. Mm -hmm. um, so what's the song about, Kevin? Well, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, you, you get into that first verse um, it's not right, but it's now or never. And if I wait, could I ever forgive myself? The vibe immediately is something like a forbidden love. Um, but it seems as we get into this, that it's less about a forbidden love in the sense of like the Montagues and the Capulets, but more in the sense that this is a homosexual relationship that is frowned upon, or at least potentially in, in frowned 1981, upon. 1981. Yes. With, with also absolutely. the diplomat's son who has... A reputation to build exactly um, so a lot of lot of stuff at play here yeah um, and but the sort of thing we're go friendly, ahead friendly disclaimer um i know everyone wants two heterosexual men to explain this uh song that's about a gay relationship so um so we're here to do it because why not <laughs> that's a good point yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it's it's definitely rostam who who is gay himself he has talked about um, how this song is about um, this um, 
this kind of gay love story um, between these two, two best friends, which I thought there was this interesting commentary in verse three. I mean, we're, I feel like we might be jumping around a lot in this mm -hmm. song because uh, me and Kevin talked about earlier that the song's a lot of different vignettes into like the scene that's happening, um, into the story that's happening. All of them seem to be related and outside of the last one, I feel like any of them could be read at like any time and it would mm -hmm. still make sense. Um, so it's, it's definitely not as necessary to read it in a straightforward sense um, as some of the other later Vampire Weekend songs. But in verse three, it says, that night I smoked a joint with my best friend. We found ourselves in bed. When I woke up, he was gone. And a lot of people have commented on the fact that they use the word best friend instead of boyfriend. Because in the, the rhythm of the song, boyfriend would have worked, right? Mm -hmm. there, there's no reason for them not to have done that. And this is already after the scene um, where, um, well, this is the scene where they finally um, get together. And there's something to be said about whether best friend means that it was kind of this reluctant uh, to approach um, situation where they didn't know if the other was feeling it as well, I guess, um, but they were best friends and it was there. Um, or the alternative being best friend might have a deeper, more um, intimate meaning than just a romantic partner. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you could take this a million different ways. Um, yeah, I, I think the first point is an interesting one. It's it's almost like a sense of potential hesitation. Like someone, one, one of the parties here might not be fully up for this. And it's kind of like, Nico and I have talked about per, interpersonal relationships off the show, but it's kind of like, if you're a straight guy, there is some sense where you can only get so close to a female friend, you know? And why should that be any different for a same sex, sex relationship, you know? So I think there's a little bit of that too. You know, it's just like, how far could this go until we're actually like in a relationship, like going serious on this, but then talk about this deeper meaning you're suggesting here with best friend. Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of, you, you go to weddings and people are like, I never thought I'd be able to marry my best friend or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's sappy, it's cheesy, but it does say a lot more than, oh, I get to marry my boyfriend, right? Yeah. Um, or, or whatever. That feels so. a lot more like a business decision, but saying you're marrying <laughs> your best friend is like a, uh, that's a, so, it's a beautiful, so it's a beautiful prospect. We, we, we all wish we could hope for something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a good point. Um, but outside of um, the more straightforward uh, kind of love story going on here, who's the diplomat's son and why was it 81? So the 80, do you have any info on the 81? Because I actually have no clue why the 81's there. Um, I believe it um, has to do with when... So, so go into who the diplomats yes, on this first. Yes, yes. So let's talk about let's talk about the Clash for a second. Of course, the Clash, um, incredibly popular, 
band that started as a punk band and really was at the forefront of the new wave post-punk movement. If you never listen to London Calling Front to Back, this is my this is my soapbox for it. Great album. But Joe Strummer, guitarist, singer for The Clash, was born in Ankara, Turkey, to the son of a British diplomat. And again, there's I don't know, I don't even know how this came up or how anybody made this connection, but my understanding is that so Ezra sent this short story to Rasta, correct? Uh correct. So Ezra sends this short story to Rostam, and the final paragraph of the short story is the following. I wondered, watching him bleeding on the rugby, rugby field beneath my mud-covered boot, if he was looking at me through the proscenium of a Turkish taxicab's rumbling windshield, or perhaps the small port window of the rickety boat which had taken him down the Ganges. I don't know what that means, but that short story was apparently the general inspiration for this we also know that the clash was an inspiration on some of the band's work still is is our understanding so we have joe strummer incredibly influential musician who is the son of a diplomat we have a reference to a turkish taxi cab we also have an interesting reference um i believe it's the beginning of the second chorus because i'm going to take it to simon and then i'm going to duck out behind them so the way the word Simon is pronounced is rather interesting. Of course, we can look at this as Paul Simon, the band kind of doing a tongue in cheek. Yeah, we are referencing Paul Simon kind of thing. But the way this is sung sounds like, because I'm going to take it from Simonen. There's a ne- another syllable there. Paul Simonen was the bassist in The Clash. So I don't know if this is just an Easter egg or there actually is a deeper connection here. But for whatever reason, it seems likely that the diplomat's son is none other than Joe Strummer. And I really can't think of another reason as to why the song would be called Diplomat's Son. Now, Nico, you're saying you have something involved with how the 81 comes in. I didn't see anything on that. Yeah, I think it was Sandinista came out around that time. That's right. Um, Yes. And so Sandinista was... um, the album was a direct inspiration for the title of the album for Vampire Week and Contra, right? So Contra Sandinistas, uh, the, um, you, you want to explain the history of the uh, Contra Sandinista uh, feud? I'm not super well-versed. They were communist insurgents in somewhere in Central America. Is that right? In, um, yes, in Nicaragua. Okay, you might know a little bit more than me because I know you were doing some research earlier. <laughs> yes, I was, <laughs> I was at a coffee shop um, doing some intense research into uh, Nicaragua's uh, civil war um, between Sandinistas and Contras. And so the Contras were partially funded by the CIA and they, they were... Um, fighting the Sandinistas who were elected into government, but the Sandinistas were this Marxist uh, organization that um, Ronald Reagan did not like as he did not like any Marxist organization. So um, so the CIA helped finance, arm and train all of these Contra rebels who, um, who were, um, used guerrilla warfare in order to attack um, Sandinistas and 
kind of destabilize that government. Um, and there's a lot of, lot of shady activity between the US and them where um, so there's some evidence as to the Contras being funded by the CAA indirectly caused uh, cocaine to be introduced into California. Um, so just kind of, uh, yeah, crack cocaine too. So it's just like kind of a lot going on here. Um, very, very um, complicated affair that occurred, uh, very controversial on the US's part, um, getting involved in other, um, in a, another country's affairs, which is very characteristic of Vampire Weekend to comment on, as, mm -hmm. as we've seen, um, as they love to talk about the effects of colonialism and imperialism. Uh, we look at a song like Hudson, where imperialism is just uh, criticized over and over again. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it it makes sense for them to kind of focus on some some affair like this, where the title of this album is "I Think You're a Contra." It's not saying it in a positive sense. It's I think you're you're uh, secretly a part of this movement that is um, going against what the people of Nicaragua want, right? Because mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm assuming Vampire Weekend is uh, not a fan of the CIA based on <laughs> comments from the band. So, um, so then you go to The Clash, the connection there. Sandinista was an album by The Clash, which you probably can talk about more than me, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. So... First of all, the more you read on the CIA, the more woke and tinfoil hatty you're going to get. So just be very careful about how you ground yourself in reality when you get go down that line, because there's a lot of weird stuff to run into. Uh, but Sandinista is like, I think it's a triple album. I mean, it's like two and a half hours long. It's very woke. Like, it's, it's a great album. I'm a big Clash fan. Um, Strummer was very publicly a leftist. Um, and yeah, they're, they were pretty openly woke. Um, if you want to talk about bands that you could do this style of podcast for, at least to the degree to which Nico and I are going in on these songs, um, you could do Steely Dan, you could do The Clash, and it's a little harder from there. I mean, The Clash is incredibly deep, um, and they got woke on this stuff. Um, and so I think that makes sense, because I'm pretty sure Sandinista came out in either 81 or 82. So that year there makes sense. But it's just so interesting to me to think about Strummer, this guy who is the son of a diplomat, a British diplomat to Turkey. Like one of the one of the strongest vestiges of what once was this very strong British empire. And then all of a sudden he becomes this leftist. I think it's a very interesting balance there. Yeah, yeah. George Strummer was a self-identified Marxist. Um, and yeah, like you said, uh, the clash were very unapologetic about um, their left-wing views um, and definitely put that into their um, their songs. Um, so it doesn't surprise me whatsoever to see Vampire Weekend paying homage to a band that preceded them that did that. Um, an interesting connection here is also the sample, remember, was M.I.A., who also has a lot of songs doing commentary on um, the modern political sphere and 
um, imperialism and such. Um, I mean, the, the song Hustle, the, the one the sample has come from, uh, I, I didn't do too deep a dive, but the throughout the song, you just have someone yelling, you think it's tough now, come to Africa. Um, wow. And, and the sample they use, we drum on it, Jun Cha Cha Ju, 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 Ju Cha Cha. <laughs> See, I couldn't do it one more time. That was... There you go. That was the last time I could do it correctly. So we met her on. But anyway, this um, this lyric was to get this idea of people in a boat being smuggled as refugees and what it would sound like if they're just like banging on the boat, like making <laughs> uh, music. And so, so it's all this these connections of these kind of, as you would say, woke uh musicians of the modern era and past airs um coming in to a song about a gay love affair and so it's just like what's going on here i, I really don't <laughs> like, know what's going on and actually now that you mentioned that sample mia's biggest song paper planes top mm-hmm. five hit samples straight to hell by the clash which is probably mm. in my opinion one of joe strummer's best work uh, it was on their final album. Well, I think, I think it was in their final album when they were all still together. Um, but straight to hell, that that like that kind of droning sound you hear in the background, that's from that's from on paper planes. That's from straight to hell. So we kind of have this very strange love triangle going on here of samples. I don't really know how we got into this, but it's kind of cool. But yeah. yeah, you're right. How how does this all tie together? I uh, <laughs> I there's no. I don't want to say there's no good reason for Joe Strummer to be involved, but <laughs> why? <laughs> why is Joe Strummer in the Sandinista Contra affair um, and MIA all being pulled into this? It's There's got to be a reason, but we... <laughs> this is our job. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just interesting because like you said... Um, this song is inspired by a short story Ezra wrote and sent to Rostam. Um, in that short story, I haven't been able to find the full text, but it seems like that short story was pretty straightforward and pretty much just the story of um, these two uh, these two lovers finally getting together, right? But instead, they've inserted all these different um underlying themes secondary tertiary meanings within the song to where it's it's kind of like become convoluted (laughs) to where you aren't sure what the the initial meaning is yeah it's almost like they tried to get woke on something that wasn't supposed to be it's like when someone takes like a, a typical story and will try and like make some stance on some like salient political issue just for the hell of it yeah like in popular culture or like in some like inoffensive television show like and it kind of elicits this like why the hell are you doing this like and it almost gets we almost get a bit of a sense that here it's not like it's done poorly i mean we still have a song that's like enjoyable to listen to and like it's probably relatable um to many folks but again we're just kind of seeing a lot thrown at the wall here. I don't really know what's going on. 
Yeah, it's um, the other thing that comes to mind with all this is the fact that the the other songs we've covered on Contra thus far have all had these also secondary meanings, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, because we look at California English, which is kind of this parody of modern wokeness almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have Holiday, which is about the Iran War. <laughs> um, and then... We had Taxi Cab, which was just kind of like, did we even come to a conclusion privilege. on that? About yeah, privilege. that's right. But privilege, good call. Yeah. yeah. And so it's all these, these kind of modern day woke ideas back in what, 2010? Yeah, 2010. Um, but they're all separate, but also combined to, to be on an album that is titled after. Um, after a CIA-run um, revolutionary group within Nicaragua. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I'm trying to... It's, these are all issues that at one point or another were incredibly salient, either from, from, from the early 80s on through now. I mean, it's, this is stuff that's been going on for a very long time. Um, and we talk about the clash being like unapologetically woke like these guys never claimed to be woke and yet it's all here somehow some way yeah i mean we haven't even covered giving up the gun yet and mm-hmm. i feel like horchata is going to be a commentary on the uh anglization of the latin american drink or something that's this why point, not yeah why not <laughs> i'm looking forward to white to sky be. i hope white sky doesn't get ruined for me because i really <laughs> like white sky <laughs> uh the, okay what else you want to do here i we do have to touch on the outro yes i feel yes. like the outro somehow has to tie it slightly together right <laughs> all right let's read through this looking out at the ice cold water all around me. I can't feel any traces of that other place. In the dark, when the wind comes racing off the river, there's a car all black with diplomatic plates. So that last line, I think, is something that we can probably clearly envision from movies and television, the idea of some high-ranking official rolling up um, in like a black like Lincoln Town car or something like that. So that makes sense. Again, we don't know why Joe Strummer's here, but it, that's that's a whole other thing. Looking out at the ice cold water all around me, that I don't get. It also it almost makes me envision somebody was like thrown off of a boat or something, and they're like treading water. But I don't know why that would be the case. That's what a lot of people have guessed that this part is about. They're saying that the um, narrator. Um, after this happens is abducted by the diplomat and killed is thrown into an icy river in wow. order to save the diplomat's son's reputation wow that's uh that's pretty intense it's heavy yeah i um it's sad but i mean it's 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 you could clearly envision that sort of thing having taken place 
at some point in human history, you know? Wow. I can't feel any traces of that other place in the dark when the wind comes racing off the river. I don't know. Also, another thing to note is in the bridge when Rostam sings it, this is like the first time for Vampire Weekend that Rostam sings mm-hmm. alone on a song, on an album and, track. And the only other time is Young Lion, right? Yeah. Yep. So I, I, I would assume the significance of that is this is a intensely personal song for him as he... I don't know if he wrote it more so or Ezra wrote it more so. Um, but um, Rostam uh, has done several interviews with, um, I think the magazine was like called Out um, about uh, him being gay and um, has also, I mean, this is the only song I've seen by Vampire Weekend that he's gone on genius and commented on to like yeah how about add clarity that? to it so i feel like it has to be pretty pretty close to his heart if he mm-hmm. uh if he's coming on here and being like okay i want to make sure this is this is right <laughs> the other thing i see in that is kind of going back to the, the dashboard lights analogy is that we almost kind of have a call and response to play between Ezra's character and rostam's character that could yeah, be part of it, I like but I, I also I do like what you're saying. The fact that it's it, it could potentially be so personal to Rostam that it would make sense for him to sing that part of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, <laughs> I just I just don't know what it is. Other than that, I I feel like most of the lyrics we haven't really touched on are very nice Vampire Weekend esque lyrics, where but all they're doing is. Uh, showing the scenery of the the imagery of the story. Mm-hmm. So you have on a night where the moon glows yellow in the riptide with the lights from the TV buzzing in the house. Um, I don't think that really tells us much, but it is creating the scene where you can imagine yourself there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool song. Uh, like I said, it's long, um, longer than most Vampire Weekend songs, but I think it doesn't feel too long. Like, I think we, I think we just kind of a unique style and the way the beats kind of change up and chop up. Um, it's an enjoyable listen. Yeah. It's definitely one of my favorites off of, uh, off of Contra. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is my favorite off of Contra. Now that you think about it. All right. Look at you making stances, making <laughs> plays. Will it make it into the top five? We'll see. Mm. Um, favorite lyric. Because I'm going to cut it where I can, and then I'm going to duck out behind them. Interesting. I don't know, I don't know what it means, that? but I mean, it's, okay. <laughs> it, it just it sounds cool. Um, I'm going to go with, he was a diplomat's son. It was 81. There you go. Poetic. It's all right there. Yeah. <laughs> Top five. Ooh, this life stranger <laughs> um i totally forgot we covered this life it's the best song this life stranger um unbelievers harmony hall 
Um, let's bring Jonathan Lowe back to the mix. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Lowe is back to being best friends. Um, <laughs> top five. Um, spring snow. I've been amazed at how esteemed spring snow has become, in my opinion. This Staying was like powers impressive. Yeah. This, this song was like, if you had asked me to rank all their songs before we did this podcast, the song probably would have been like 24. Like, it would have just been somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, but every time I listen to it now, I, I like it more. Um, so Spring Snow, um, Unbearably White. Um, Unbelievers. Um, Campus. There we go. Jonathan Lowe. There we look. There we go. <laughs> we're we're forgetting a lot of the songs we've done already, but you know, it's a good top five still. So hey, I'll take I've, it. I've, I've got them all written down on my screen right here, and I'm still listing Jonathan Lowe. That's that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're we're what 20, 24, 25? Yeah, like twenty five. I point. think. Yeah. Yeah, way past the memory point nothing nothing sticks anymore yeah Yeah, we're about halfway through (laughs) okay so uh for our hat for the week um we will be doing a spurs hat because why not how are the spurs doing this year i know Uh, they're actually pretty good yeah so they're like fifth in the west right now that's not bad um i mean it's yeah it's pretty good for a team with no all-stars still um Still upset that Demar deserved to be an All Star, but you know, you heard it here first. Can't win them all. I can't say I've watched a Spurs game yet this year. Yeah, because they haven't been on national television once. That would be why. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they were the only team with a winning record that did not have an All Star chosen. Testament to the team. Yeah. Well, testament to Demar being robbed, but. To each his own. Mm. (laughs) Okay. Oxford comma. Okay. And back to the hits. Yes. All right. I'm digging it. So join us next week for some preppiness, for some collegiate sweaters. uh, And thanks for joining us. Take it easy, folks. (laughs) 